Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. Bedford's cost segregation specializes in generating significant tax savings via their engineering-based studies for commercial real estate clients nationwide. Founded in 2002, Bedford is one of the largest independently owned cost segregation providers in the country with over 14,000 studies completed to date in multiple offices throughout. The most important decision ownership can make when incorporating cost segregation within their real estate portfolio is selecting the right provider. With only 43 certified cost segregation professionals nationwide, Bedford is proud to employ eight of them and takes the quality of their people as seriously as their studies. Every certified cost segregation professional has passed a rigorous test combining knowledge of technical engineering issues, legal tax issues, ethics standards, and requires a strict level of prior work experience to be eligible. Bottom line, not all cost segregation providers are created equal. So be sure to take the decision seriously from the beginning to protect yourself for years to come. Please contact Bedford's Business Development Director, Frank Judici, to learn more. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Hugh Odom. Thanks for being on the show, Hugh. Thank you, Whitney. I appreciate the opportunity. Hugh is a former AT&T attorney and for over 11 years and the founder and president of Vertical Consultants, telecom consulting firm that has provided consulting advice for companies like Walmart and Disney and government institutions like the United States Postal Service, New York Housing Authority and Veterans Affairs. Hugh has been a resource to newspapers, podcasts, radio shows and blogs for years. He has the ability to understand the true value of land to sell tower companies as they roll out hundreds of thousands of new towers using commercial buildings. Hugh, welcome to the show. I think this is just an interesting topic. We've not talked about this on the show hardly at all, if at all. I can't remember the time we talked about, you know, cell phone towers. But I tell you one thing, we're all looking for ways to add more value to our property, right? And I know of people who have added cell towers in some form or fashion and very little, but I've heard of that and it can add value. But then again, there's a lot of things that it could trip you up with as well, just like you and I were talking about beforehand. So looking forward to getting into that. And so Hugh, give us a little about your background and let's dive into this topic of cell towers and land and the value of each of those. And maybe that's an option for us, at least help us to know that we're doing it correctly. My background or the people that make up our company's background, we were in the telecom industry for 10, 15 years respectively. And I was an attorney inside AT&T for over a decade. And I was on the other side of the table, let's say. I was the guy negotiating and structuring agreements to lease or acquire land for infrastructure for AT&T to build out their cell towers and other types of equipment. And 10 years ago, we started Vertical Consultants. We basically just think of us going on the other side of the table. because So we saw this huge difference in ability between the cell tower companies, the wireless carriers, and the landowners. The landowners were not getting undervalued. But as you mentioned, they were entering into agreements that have a negative impact on their land. So we started working with individuals, churches, schools, small business, till some very large businesses as well, to assist them in not only valuing these opportunities, but also structuring them in a way that gives them value today and throughout the term 
but also protects their land as well and their buildings. Nice. Well, I have consultants for all kinds of things for have had and coaches and people on our team because there's so many different aspects of business in general, especially the commercial real estate business that you can't know everything, right? That's why your team is so important. And I can see why someone would hire somebody like yourself for something like this, because it seems so kind of out in left field a little bit for most of us, but it could be a great way, like I said, to add some value potentially. And so help us to think about who in commercial real estate are is prime candidates for something like a cell tower. Well, with the rollout of 5G, I mean, everybody's going to be a candidate to some extent with a commercial property, but the build out's going to be mostly in urban areas and then also areas that are in a kind of a mixed area. What we call that mixed area is a commercial residential mix where we do a lot of work with self-storage and hotels and things of that nature because they're in that mixed area to some extent. But what's going to happen and what has happened is that if you have a building or you have property, there's going to be and continue to be a need to build out more and more cell sites. Just think of it. I tell people besides air, water, and food, what is the thing you rely upon most every day? That cell phone to communicate, to get information, et cetera. It's not getting less valuable in your everyday life. It's becoming more valuable. And there's two types of people think of technology. They look at 5G and look at all this technology on their phone. That's kind of like looking at the car and forgetting about the road that it has to drive upon. The technology is one part of it. Without the infrastructure, without the ability to be on those buildings, to be on that land, there's no ability to use that technology. So our job is to work with those property owners to understand the value of their land and to get that right agreement in place. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity now with regards to existing property or property owners with existing agreements, but also a lot more build out in the future years because the 5G is going to need a lot more sites. How do we know if our property would be something that, you know, we should consider adding something like a cell tower to? Every week, we probably get 300 contacts from people around the country saying, I have a great location, I have a great building, great place for a cell site. The easiest answer is, You'll know it when they knock on your door or they send you a letter. We work with some very large companies that have 1,000, 2,000, 4,000, 5,000 commercial properties. And in that instance, if you have a large portfolio, you can go to some of the carriers and kind of work out a master agreement between the two parties. But if you own three or four properties, I tell people you're going to chase that sell side agreement. It'll be a long road and it'll probably end up nowhere. But you really need to make sure the biggest thing is understand when that opportunity, that knock comes to the door, that phone rings, that email comes across, is that you understand exactly not only what you're being offered, but understand what you're giving up in exchange. Okay. So let's think through that a little bit. So we're prepared when we get that phone call or email, like you said, if we received that, a lot of us wouldn't know what to do with that. Or maybe it may sound good, or maybe the cell phone provider, whoever that is, that's contacting us may make it sound very good, right? But what do we need to know? I know you've alluded to some mistakes, obviously, that people can make and just how it can affect the entire deal in such a big way, whether it's throughout the life of the deal or the sale and financing. Help us to think through that and what we should know. Sure. The first thing is when you're being approached with something on your property, you're being sold something. It sounds like you're getting something, but you're actually being sold something. You're being sold the idea, hey, I'm going to give you money for free. You're not using that space on your rooftop. You're not using that portion of your property. So it's kind of like you're getting money for nothing. You're not. You're getting money for use of your property, number one. Second of all, they try to minimize the impact on your property. When you're entering into a sell side agreement, you're not only giving them rights to a certain portion of your property, but you're putting restrictions on the rest of your property. Even if they're only using four or 500 square feet, they're putting certain restrictions in their agreement that impact your overall property. So what you need to think about when you've been approached, if we tell people all the time, ask for two basic things up front. Ask for a copy of the agreement, 
just to look at that, because sometimes they'll send you a proposal over their term sheet and they'll try to get you to focus on that. They get you to narrow your focus on the financial terms or some very basic terms. Get a copy of the agreement. Second, get a very simple site plan, not only where the equipment's going to be, but also any areas of your property you're going to need for utilities or fiber optic lines or things of that nature. So you know exactly what your property is going to be encumbered by. And the biggest thing we tell people with regards to this is don't worry about what they're offering you. Understand what you're offering them. If you understand that, that's the key of the game. They want you to focus on what they're offering you, whatever that number is. If you understand what you're offering them, then you can negotiate based upon not only getting the correct value, but also putting certain protections, as you mentioned, that don't have a negative impact on your property with regards to future development of your property. A lot of these agreements have in there that you're committing for 20, 30, 40 years, and they can walk away at any time. But I use the example, and this works in about 99% of the leases out there. If I walked up to a property owner and said, I'll offer you 10 times the market value of your property, but I have one condition, just one, and I have the money right here. I need, let's say Verizon. I need Verizon to move their equipment 10 feet, and I'll give you 10 times market value. 99% of the people out there have sell-site agreements couldn't do that deal because they have no pathway to deal with that relocation of that equipment. And now they've got into a situation by the use of their overall property is subordinate to Verizon's or AT&T's or whoever's use of that small piece of their property. So it's a lot to know about understanding value, but it's also a lot to know about how this impacts your overall property. Some great stuff to think about right there. It may seem like a great opportunity, but you'd have to think about the restrictions that they're putting on your property, no doubt about it. To make that work, to make it a win-win, what have you seen in the past work? So we don't really chain our leg, you know, to a ball and chain so we can't sell or get financing or whatever. Maybe you share with some examples of issues that people have had and then what we should be doing about it. Well, we use two words over and over when we talk to our clients about these agreements. We use structure and that helps you financially and also helps you with the protection. But the big word is flexibility. Flexibility, because none of us out there know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow, more or less 10 years from now. So what you need to do is think of it this way. You need to think about having certain protections and certain pathways in those agreements. For example, like I mentioned, if you want to redevelop your property, let's say somewhere down the road, you need to have the ability for them to work around you, that being the wireless carrier to work around you. And if not, then you're going to be, again, restricted by that. A lot of people enter these agreements and they forget to have that flexibility put in there. And they often say when they're negotiating that agreement, say, well, you know, we don't have any plans ever to redevelop this property. It's never going to change. And I always say, how can you predict 20, 30 years down the road? Nobody can. And if you don't want to redevelop it, half the guy you want to sell it to or wants to buy it wants to do something with it and can't do it. And that hinders your ability to sell or get a higher price for your property. So that's one thing. A lot of other things out there with regards to financing, which is kind of an interesting issue, a lot of the bigger lenders are looking at these sell side agreements as not so much pluses, but sometimes a little bit of a negative if they're not structured in the right way. Because the lender, if he ever has to step into the shoes of the owner because of some bad situation, he wants to have the ability to freely market the property and sell it. And sometimes these agreements, if they're not structured, these sell side agreements, if not structured correctly, can hinder that. And then with regards to overall pricing, the additional revenue can be a great benefit that you're getting from the sell side agreement. But the problem is if you start putting restrictions and restrictions and restrictions on properties, anybody in real estate knows some of the most valuable properties are the ones that have the least amount of restrictions you can do anything with. If you start hindering that, you start hindering your ability to do things with the property and it also affects the net value of the property going forward. 
No doubt about it. More restrictions are worse, right? For most buyers or sellers in all those instances, whether you're trying to do a refi even. And I wonder too, if you entered into an agreement like this, how would it affect your loan? Or have you talked to your lender to even find out if it would affect your loan or if they would even allow that as part of the loan? Have you seen that be an issue? Yes, definitely. The issue is twofold is that, again, as I mentioned, the restrictions that are put in place, but also these lenders aren't familiar with these agreements as well. They kind of look at it and go, hold on, what exactly is this? Well, how do we value it, number one? How do we look at it with regards to what we, we can do with this if we have to take over the property? And they look at it as a, it says, kind of this used to be, if you were getting, let's say, $2,000 a month from Verizon, they just use that as the same dollars you'd be getting from a commercial tenant or same, same pool of dollars. Now they're looking at it and say, hold on, this doesn't have the same value as that. And not only does it not have the same value as that, it's kind of pushing us toward a negative, as I said before, if we ever had to jump in here and move this property through a sale. So that's why when you're entering into these agreements, I keep on saying this, but you need to look at this in perspective, not only what you're getting, but what you're giving up. It can be a win-win situation. You just have to make sure you structure it the right way. You mentioned the cell phone provider or the cell tower provider. They have one way to value the property or the space. And obviously the landowner should think about how they're valuing that space. And we're going to take all those restrictions in mind, all those things, because that definitely hinders the value of property in a big way if you're adding more restrictions. But how do we think through what the value should be without maybe the restrictions in mind right now? How do we know what that space is worth? And what should we expect? Well, the two most evil words in negotiating a cell site lease is market value. There's no such thing as market value. That's a real estate term. And that's what the cell tower companies want you to focus on. Hey, what's the market value? What are other people getting paid in this area for similar lease? The problem is, first of all, there's no such thing as a similar lease. Every cell site, when you drive around today and you see a cell tower, rooftop equipment, every one of those has a different value. Think about it this way. If I said there are 10 oil wells in a certain area, and I said, because they're within a five-mile radius, they all have the same value. Well, no. They're based upon how much production those wells produce, right? How much oil they get. The same thing with a sell side agreement. And the big thing when you're talking about valuation, you need to understand why they've chosen that site, what value they get. Let's say, again, let's use T-Mobile. What value T-Mobile gets from that site? but also what detriment it would be to operational capacity if they weren't able to use that site. How much diminishment? Think of it like I use this example. If you're old enough to remember the old rabbit ears on a TV, if you moved it along the far left of the TV, you got a perfect picture. Start moving it toward the center, eh, so-so. Move it to the far right, you couldn't get a good picture at all. So the perfect location may be your location, but if they had to go down the road, they're going to have diminishment operational capacity. So the big thing here is understanding what they're getting out of the deal. The second thing is don't look at this as a real estate agreement. I know that's your leasing space. You're giving up space. Structure it like a utility agreement. If you get the value right today, if I said the value should be X down to the penny today, that's today. What all a cell tower or wireless carrier company wants to do is get you to agree to three things. Rent, an escalator, and term. Why? Because if they get you to agree to that, let's say a 30-year lease, they fix their costs over those 30 years. They're paying you that rent. It escalates every year. It's 30 years. As they get more and more value from the use of your property, you're not seeing anything. So you have to understand what we call gatekeeping devices in those agreements. So as they are able to uptick their value, you're able to renegotiate based upon a lot of different doors that value can come through. So it's really important to understand value on day one, but it's so much more important 
to understand how to structure an agreement to make sure you get the value right a year from now, five years from now, 15 years from now, based upon what they're doing, not how much space they're using. What's the transparency there between the cell phone provider and the landowner as that space becomes so much more valuable to them, more traffic, all those things you talked about? How do we know that? Or if your agreement is open to that, how do we know how much to raise the rent and can you? Well, if you're asking for transparency from them, it's, it's darkness. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. There is no transparency. The biggest advantage they have is that they have the information of what's going on at that site, and the property owner really doesn't. Keeping information from the property owner is their biggest advantage in negotiating and having these agreements out there long term. The ability, what you have to do and to sell our services, what you have to do is you have to get somebody that understands how to look at it from that perspective, on that side of the equation. You need to understand what they're doing out there, and again, what the detriment if they couldn't do it. And that not only deals with what they're doing on day one, like we're talking about 5G, Across the United States, they're constantly being upgraded right now to existing sites. And the equipment is being modified to enable 5G. Well, just think about it. It's basically upgrading what they're able to do. It's upgrading what they're able to provide to their customers, upgrading what they can get from their customers. But what's the property owner getting? Nothing. So if you understand that and understand as that transition continues over years and years and years, you need to be able to stop them at that gate, say, hold on, let's reevaluate. And then be able to renegotiate based upon, again, not the space they're using, but the value they're deriving from that space. If they contact you, do they already know that your space is the best for them? Like this is the one they need. If they went to the building next door, it would not be as good. Could we count on that? Like they're contacting me because they've already done the research. And so maybe I can negotiate a little bit knowing that they wouldn't have contacted me if my space wasn't exactly what they were looking for. Right. Well, what happens is they do a study. They do a propagation study, it's called. And they look at and they say get an A, B and C site. Okay. They're never going to go to C first. (laughs) They're going to go to A first because that's the primary site. So you need to understand how to identify where else they can go, not only based upon their operational capacity, but also restrictions on those buildings or that land from permitting or the layout of that property, et cetera. But when they come to you and they've picked your site, the more they get invested, they start doing site surveys. They start doing studies. That's the tip of the hat saying, hey, that's the one we want to go with. Now, you need to understand that what they're going to play, they have the same playbook. They're always going to come back to you and say, if you don't do a deal, we can go down the road to Bob or Sue or whoever. The problem is you need to understand what the difference is between your site and Bob and Sue's site. And so that's where there's a big disparity with regards to understanding that distinction between sites. But if you've been contacted, usually you're the primary. They're not going to go to all three sites at the same time. They're going to go to A first. If A didn't work, then they're going to go to B, so on and so on. How do we work with someone like yourself to ensure we're doing this the best we can during that process? We get contact, as I mentioned, by property owners across the country. You can reach out to us either through our website or through our phone number or 1-800 number. But the big thing I tell people, we hope we were the right fit for everybody. But even if we're not the right fit for everybody, get someone to assist you with this because you're not only leaving money on the table. You mentioned a million-dollar mistake. On average, the property owners leave more than $1 million on the table on these agreements. That's today. I think that's going to keep on going up. And they get into situations by which they have a negative impact on their property. Go check us out at CellTowerLeaseExperts.com. That's CellTowerLeaseExperts.com. And then we're happy to talk to you about any situation you have. 
So what do you predict over the next, say, year to two years? I usually ask in the real estate market, and I welcome you to provide any insight there. But Or you can specifically speak to like the cell phone tower industry as 5G rolls out. How many towers are we going to see? And what do you see happening there? Well, COVID has kind of put a little bumper, kind of hurdle in the plan a little bit. But pre-COVID, and I think this is going to pick back up, with 5G, you're going to have to build out somewhere between 500 to 800,000 new sites by 2025, 2026, just because of how 5G works. So what that means more particularly is you're going to see a lot. That doesn't mean a lot of traditional cell towers. That's going to be some, but the predominant amount is going to be rooftop and structure sites. It's going to be attachments to structures or on rooftops or things of that nature. So if you own a building or commercial property, the odds are going up for you. Now, what you need to understand, again, is what that actually means when you get approached. So the cell tower industry and the infrastructure is growing exponentially. Tell people, if you want to invest in anything, invest in wireless infrastructure, because we're going to enter into a digital economy where everything's going to be done, as we can kind of tell for COVID, health services, education, business, it's going to be done more over the wireless networks. So wireless infrastructure is going to continue to be built. And that relates to commercial and just general property owners, because until they invent something that you don't need a space on the ground to build that infrastructure, until they be build flying cars, you're going to need roads. Until they build something that you don't need space on the ground, they're going to need cell sites on the ground or on a building. Wow. A lot to think about there. No doubt about it. Your cell phone's right up there, right? I mean, we all operate so much. I mean, of our business off of our cell phone and you're just way too connected. But as far as having to have that cell phone in your hand all the time, I'm as guilty as anyone. But anything else you want to leave us with as far as the cell phone tower? There's numerous questions I could ask you there. Was, you know, what asset classes are best for this? I know you mentioned self-storage and maybe some mixed-use type things, but is this something you can do with multifamily and other asset classes as well? Yes, definitely. I mean, across the board, what you're going to see right now, especially with going back to 5G, is a lot of urban build-out first and foremost. And then it'll kind of go out to the outskirts a little bit. But you're going to see all types of commercial properties being used because the easiest way to get a 5G site or any site up and running isn't for them to have to go build out the actual cell tower themselves. Use an existing building or structure, multifamily, hotel, self-storage, whatever, industrial, whatever, as actually the cell tower. Attach that equipment on top of that roof or on that building and they don't have to build out the infrastructure. Also, it's already zoned in a way that allows for that kind of use. So that's going to continue to grow. And what you're going to see is more and more growth. So you're going to see a widespread use of commercial properties across the board, and you're going to see that exponentially speed up. All right, Hugh, moving on to ask you a few final questions. Any daily habits that you are disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? Well, I think the biggest thing is you never rely upon yesterday. You rely upon what you need to do today. So I always start the day out fresh, and I start off the first day. I look at what we need to do today. I don't worry about what happened yesterday. I worry about what we need to do today. I don't worry about tomorrow. You got to focus on today. And so my thing is I look at every day fresh and start off there and try to make the most out of it and maximize the value of those 24 hours I have right there in front of me. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Persistence. By far. I mean, you have to be persistent. Bad things happen. Good things happen. You get hit, you get moved forward. You get hit, you move forward. Just keep on moving forward. That's my advice to anybody out there. That's some good advice. It's not always easy, but it's those that win, right? They keep getting up and keep moving forward. Once you lay down and stay there, you've lost. That's when you've lost, right? So Hugh, how do you like to give back? 
Well, we do a lot of things. I mean, my personally, we do things. One of my biggest charities is St. Jude Hospital. I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, where St. Jude's is. We do that. We contribute there. I grew up playing golf and everything. For a little kid, I played college golf. So I do a lot back for first tee program to get kids in the game. The biggest thing we try to do is we try to get a message out to people because we see this huge disparity. It's not just with property owners. But we see a lot of small individuals, rural areas, small churches that get taken advantage of in this industry. And our job is to try to get them to understand, even if it's not us, get someone to assist you with this. And one of our missions is to get more information out there for people to make a better, not just get more money, but protect themselves as well. Nice. Well, Hugh, pleasure to meet you and have you on the show. It's definitely something in the commercial real estate business that we all need to be aware of. Another one of those tools that we need to have in our tool belt that are just something to be knowledgeable about. So when we get that email or that phone call, uh, it's not just brand new to us and we don't know where to turn. At least we can think about you or in reaching out to somebody like yourself that can help us. But you've laid out many things that we need to think about, like just knowing that they're going to try to sell us something and that our space is valuable and we didn't understand how to value that personally. Even the no such thing as market value. I like that. And just why they chose our site is so important. Understanding why the next person's site is not going to be as good. The lack of transparency, but even having the gatekeeping devices, that's such a good thought to just have in mind when entering in any contract, you know, depending on the length, I guess. But Thank you again for your time. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Well, the best way to learn about us is our website. Again, at SellTowerLeaseExperts.com. Again, SellTowerLeaseExperts.com. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital making a difference one investor and one child at a time connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success